And we are on air for Fan for Racing NASCAR Race Review of Daytona. This is Tuesday night, February the 18th, and uh, we have a big show ahead of us. Joining me for tonight's show is Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, excited to talk about the past weekend at Daytona. Obviously, some things that are going to be a little uh, somber to talk about, but uh, take a look at the whole weekend as a whole and where we go forward from here. Yes, indeed. And and before we get into that, I do want to do the overview of our show for tonight. You and I will do a few comments here uh, uh, at the very beginning, including uh, talking about the uh, season opener for the Arkham Menard Series East at New Smyrna Speedway. I don't think we've had a chance to really talk about that race yet. Um, and then that will happen at 840. We will have our first guest, that's Grant Infinger, the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series driver with Thorsport Racing. He's going to chat with us after he won the season opener at Daytona International Speedway uh, last Friday night. At 9 o'clock, we'll do our review of the, of the Truck Series race, and at 9 20 we'll get into the xfinity series race that's the race that noah gregson won uh and we'll have some post-race audio that will include some of his comments after winning that race on saturday and then of course at 9:40 we get into our uh, nascar cup series race at daytona uh at nine o'clock is our hot topic sound off and that's when andy will join us and uh, we will talk about the hot topics from the weekend of racing, and uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about there. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, uh, we are doing something new this year. Uh, we do have a live chat room that is available at com, and I've uh, posted some questions there. If you have questions, uh, that you want to make sure that we include for Grant Infinger when he comes on. Uh, post your questions for Grant Infinger there. And then also, if you have any hot topics you want to make sure we touch on during our hot topic segments, make sure you post those there. And any other things that as we're talking here tonight, if you want to interact with us in that chat room, uh, feel free to do so. We we did the chat over the weekend, Jay, and uh, we, I think we hit all all of the races, the the trucks, the Xfinity, as well as the Cup race, and uh, it worked out pretty well. It did, and we had a lot of fun with it. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue to uh, do that um, throughout the year on different races. I know this weekend to kick it off, we made sure we got all the races in. Uh seemed to be a pretty good, uh, cool idea, and it worked out pretty good. So hopefully we can continue to build that. Yes, indeed. Uh, now getting into kind of our comments here. Uh, first of all, from our Fan for Racing crew here, we do want to offer our uh, our uh, speedy recovery wishes for Ryan Newman. Uh, I know we had the chat feature going uh, pretty strong last night with a lot of people checking in to find out how he was doing. That was a long two hours wait, uh, but we were happy to find out uh, that he his 
his injuries were serious but non-life-threatening. Late this afternoon, we got word that uh, he was actually talking and interacting with his family as well as the doctors at the hospital, which was very, very good news. So uh, we're very happy for Ryan Newman, and uh, uh, again, we hope for a speedy recovery for him. Jay? Most certainly. I, again, I know as a group we were all on there uh, last night uh, watching for any kind of updates, and, and it's one of those things of competitors are not even not so friendly on the track. The NASCAR community really comes together in a situation like this. You know, we saw the Joe Gibbs, uh, Denny Hamlin team, uh, pretty much knock off their celebration once they found out what had happened and were waiting word. Um, so they kind of had a delayed celebration. We've seen that before. Just to see the amount of mm-hmm. respect uh, that comes through as that community bonds together in a case like this. Absolutely, and, and the power of prayer. I know there were a lot of folks out praying last night, and uh, I think those prayers were answered, uh, thankfully. Uh, now... Uh, We will talk about this again, but I just wanted to make sure that we got this uh, taken care of at the very beginning of the show uh, so that fans know that uh, our hearts are certainly with the Newman family, and uh, and we will talk about this more uh, later on in the show. Now, I do want to move on, Jay, to the Arkham Art Series East. They had a season opener race at New Smyrna Speedway, not yesterday, but a week ago yesterday, and uh, that race was won by Sam Mayer. He pretty much picked up where he left off. He won the championship last season in that series and uh, started off with a victory in the very first race of the season this year. So Sam Mayer looking really strong in that event. Well, and we knew he was going to be coming back into this uh, this uh, series, the Arkham and Ours East Series now for this year as a returning defending champion. Going to be strong, and he showed that at New Smyrna. So um, no real surprise there. However, I think the exciting thing is is some of the contenders that we're going to see him battling throughout the year as this series picks up, and then as well into the showdown races that uh, hopefully we'll see him in. I know he ran some ARCA races last year, some of the main ARCA races. So I think that showdown is really where he's going to uh, showcase his talent. Absolutely. One of those uh, competitors that you're talking about is has to be Derek Griffith with Chad Bryant Racing. Uh, he had a fantastic race, and uh, I was reading that it wasn't until the Wednesday before the race that he actually found out that he was going to be competing uh, for Chad Bryant Racing. And so to have that happen so quickly and then come out and finish that race in second place is just amazing. It was heck of a performance by him, and I think that is another one that you're just starting to see his name within a year, if not maybe two. Uh, that's going to become a household name when it comes to talking about NASCAR racing. It, they'd be in the Arkham and Arts East, the regular Arkham series, and then on up the ladder to the top three national touring series. Yes, indeed, and, and uh, we've got a lot to look forward to in this Arkham and Arts Series East. Uh, they've got uh, quite a few drivers that I think are going to do well. Finishing third in that race was Ty Gibbs. Nick Sanchez from Rev Racing uh, finished in fourth place. And then Giovanni Bramante uh, finished in the 
fifth place position. The next five were Stephen Nassi, uh, Corey Heim, Parker Retzlaff, uh Chase Cabray finished ninth, and Max McLaughlin ten. Uh, now Max was kind of involved in an incident uh, in that race, uh, and uh, that involved Mason Diaz and uh, Tanner Gray, I believe. And uh, I know that they've already done the NBC Sports Network replay, uh, but uh, uh, it was uh, disappointing to see that happen. Uh, It kind of ruined the day for a couple of the drivers there. And that is one of the things, and we've seen it at other races, typically uh, your super speedways. But some of the top contenders that you'd have to figure would be top contenders uh, having some problems getting knocked out. So, uh, as the season progresses, again, you mentioned several there kind of at the tail end of that, that we're going to see as regular race winners battling for race wins as well as that championship. Yes. So uh, uh, it, we've got a lot to look forward to, as I mentioned, in this uh, series. And then I also want to get in here before I know our guest is coming on and he's going to be calling here in just a few minutes. The Arkham Menard Series West is going to be racing at Las Vegas this weekend. So uh, fans will definitely want to check that out as well uh, because that Arkham Menard Series West uh, is uh, definitely going to be uh, fun for fans to uh, tune in. This is going to be their season opener, and uh, it will happen this weekend. Uh, Let me just check here the schedule. I've got the pit box here. If I can get this pulled up real quick, and we'll get right to our guest. That race is going to uh, take place on Thursday, actually. That's February the 20th, and that means the race will happen at 7.40 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, That would be 6.40 our time, Jay, so I think they can get that race in before we do our show on Thursday night. I think so, and I know that's one that we have done in the past. We're providing some recaps throughout the show as it finishes up if we need to, so always a little bit more uh, interesting when we have to do that. Okay. Now, joining us now is our guest for tonight, and that is Grant Infinger, uh, the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series driver uh, with Thorsport Racing. He won the season opener at Daytona International Speedway last Friday night, and what an exciting finish that was. Congratulations, Grant. Yeah, thank you for having me on, and I uh, appreciate it. That was a, that was definitely an exciting race. A little bit a little bit too exciting from my from my point of view, but um, but a great race, and and uh, very proud that we ended up on the on the good end of that one. Yes, indeed, Grant. I was on the edge of my seat for those last closing laps. Uh, in anticipation of uh, the close of that race. Uh, it was an exciting finish for you uh, racing with Jordan Anderson uh, on those closing laps. Talk about what went through your mind as you're coming to the checkered flag and the start-finish line uh, with Jordan racing door-to-door with you. You know, it really happened behind that um, or before that, coming to the white flag with, with Ross giving me a really big shove. I knew it wasn't over, um, even though we were leading to the white flag. Um, and, and I knew he was going to try to try to make a move on it. And then when he did, I was able to defend that one off. 
but then that shoved me out a pretty good a pretty good uh, lead there, and it really gave Jordan and a couple of those other guys a lot of momentum when they got to me. And then Jordan got to my right rear coming out of turn four um, and did everything exactly how he was supposed to do and installed my momentum out. And um, and then I had to go take it back from him, and uh, we were able to, to beat him to the checkered flag by just a few feet. So really just an incredible race. It was a fun race. Um, you know, it is, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy how it all ended. And, um, I, I felt like we had won, but I wasn't sure. And then our, our spotter, Chris Lambert hit, he caught it on the radio and, and then, uh, that, that's all the, that's all the extra I needed. So, um, but, but man, Chris did, did such a great job of, of calling that race and, and knowing what was going to happen and, and where I needed to go. And his instincts are, are incredible. And it, uh, it definitely allows me to, to do my job better. So it's just a, just a great night overall. We're able to, to lead quite a few laps with our champion power equipment F-150 and, and uh, had really good speed and, and, and really good drivability all race. So um, just a lot of fun. You know, when, when the stars line up and, and you can get one of these wins in the truck series, you, you definitely want to savor, savor every moment of it, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, but, but we do have to turn around and get ready for, for Vegas this weekend. Yes, and it is a quick turnaround. Uh, now, I know Chris Lambert you're, t- you're talking about is your spotter. Jeff Hensley is your crew chief. You've worked with Jeff uh, over the years. Uh, talk about uh, his role uh, on Friday night as your crew chief. Man, he um, he called some strategy at the beginning, which uh, when, when he first did it, I, I thought, oof. Okay, I'm gonna do it because you're the crew chief, but I don't agree with it. And um, and man, it it really hurt our stage points. I feel like in the first stage, but we're able to to come back. We had enough speed. We're able to come back and, and get some stage points anyway, and that set us up to to control the race. After that point, it got us a track position we needed. Uh, we we're able to to restart from the lead there, at the beginning of that second stage, and and control the race somewhat. And uh, and win that second stage, which, which gave us a, a playoff point there, um, which is obviously a, a huge deal. Um, and and we figured out once we had that that track position, we were capable of controlling the race somewhat. And uh, we tried to take advantage of it after that. So Jeff Jeff did a great job with that um, all night long. Um, I even I even gave away our track position one time towards the end of the race and and thought I'd I'd blown it, but uh, but we had a good enough truck to to make it back up through there. Yes, you did indeed. You led, I think, the most laps uh, of the race at 41 laps, and uh, you ended up winning at a pretty close finish uh, there at the end. Like you said, it was pretty close, and and, uh, we had to kind of wait for people to say who actually won. Uh, But it it was Grant Infinger, and we were real happy for you. I got to tell you, you were my pick for Friday night, so I was very happy that you won as well. (laughs) Oh, I appreciate that. You'll have to pick us for Vegas as well. (laughs) Okay. Now, joining us tonight is our co-host, Jay Huseman, and uh, he has a few questions for you, Grant, as well. All right. All right. Well, let's start off again. Congratulations on that big win. Daytona is one of those, not the 500, but even in the truck series in the Xfinity. I mean, just winning at Daytona. Talk about what that means, just winning at the Daytona Super Speedway. 
It's huge, you know, and I don't I don't know if that is all the way sunk in yet. I, I know the, the ramifications of, of what that means for our season to, to get us in the playoffs and to allow us to, to be a little bit more aggressive with our play calling. That has sunk in. Um, you know, everything for this year has sunk in. But, but you know, just the fact that, that we have won Daytona and how much that, that means and how important that is um, to all of us, I, I don't think all that's sunk in yet. But uh, just an incredible feeling. Um had had my wife there as a special day for us. Had my my mom and dad there. Um, a lot of the guys that, that that are able to make it happen with Black and Champion. Um, obviously, Duke and Rhonda Thorson were there celebrating their their 25th anniversary in the Truck Series. For it's just a kind of a, a milestone night. So just just blessed to to be a part of it. Well, you kind of hit on two two of my other questions. They're talking about Thor Sport uh, Racing. That you got the Silver Paint Schemes, their 25th anniversary of being in the sport. What that team means to the sport, and you being a part of that. Yeah, I mean Duke and Rhonda have have just put so much energy and effort into the Truck Series over the years. Um, you know, they they started out as just a small single truck team um just kind of barely scraping by to to get there and they're now a a four-team powerhouse in the truck series and and um and man they've just put so much into it it is uh i was was definitely very very uh proud uh to be able to 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 deliver something for them uh for as much as they've done for for my career so so definitely uh thankful for that and and man just Thankful to be to be driving for them. They they give us everything we need um, to to go out there and win races. And um, man, just just an incredible organization with a ton of talent um, from the drivers to the crew chiefs to, to the guys that work on this thing. We have uh, we have everything to get it done at every level. I feel like I mean our our fab shop, our, our body shop. Um, man, it's just 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 incredible the the amount of tools and resources we have uh, to get the job done. Well, and the other the other thing you led to, and I heard you mention it already on Friday night, and made me think of this, knowing that Sharon was able to get you on the show here. You talked about getting this first win already. You guys had a great season last year, won the regular season championship, but but not the overall. Getting this first win right out the gate. You talked about the strategy you're going to have now for the rest of the year, going after stage points, going after some other wins that maybe you weren't be, wouldn't be able to be as aggressively with if you're on the points bubble, but you know you're locked in. So how much does that already change your philosophy throughout the rest of the year before we get to the uh, playoffs? It's got the potential to change it a lot. You know, um, if Vegas, if uh, if a caution comes out with, with four or five laps to go in a stage, we can pit now if we want to. If if Jeff Hensley feels like that's going to set us up better to win the race, then uh, then you can bet we're we're going to be pitting. Whereas had we not wanted Daytona, we we need to take the stage points that are in front of us um, while they're there. So um, it's got the potential to to change a lot of things for us. Um, I feel like I could be uh, a little bit more aggressive than than maybe I couldn't have, and um, you know maybe lets us gear up for the playoffs a little bit sooner. But um, but man, I, hopefully hopefully this springboards us in, into a few wins here in the regular season. I, I know this team is capable of it. We've um man, we we've just grown so so much together from where we started in 2017. It's it's uh man, it, it's a great win for myself. But it's man, it's almost more special to to see some of the guys um that, that we've all been through the the highs and lows together for going on four years now. 
to to see him at that high on Friday night. It uh, it almost means more to to me to, to to see some of that than it than it does to myself. So just uh, just a, an awesome feeling, and 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 yeah, it's got got the potential to to help us throughout the regular season. Well, we certainly look forward to that. We know what a contender you were last year, all throughout the season and going into this season as well. So best of luck to you, and hopefully uh, we'll have you here on the winner's night more often throughout the season this year. Sounds like a plan. All right, Sharon. Okay, now, Grant. Yeah, Grant, uh, uh, I know going into every race, the plan is to go out there and win uh, and go after that victory. Uh, And going into Las Vegas, you obviously have a lot of momentum on your side with the victory at Daytona. But thinking about the entire schedule for this season, what are the tracks that you kind of have circled on your on your calendar that uh, you've kind of already identified as uh, potential opportunities for you for that victory? You know, um, I've got Eldora circled. Uh, I feel like that's that's a race that that um, you know got away from us a couple of years ago that, that we lost to, and uh, and and kind of a heartbreaker there. And, um, and man, I, I'm bound and determined to, to get us a win there on the dirt. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to, to a track that, that myself and Jeff Hensley have, have historically struggled at for, for one reason or another, and that's Pocono. Uh, that's a track I've, I've always loved to, to, try it, to drive and, and to race. And, and, um, and man, just, just enjoy that place. But for whatever reason, it's um you know it's been a little bit of an Achilles heel for for myself and Jeff Hensley, and uh, I'm looking forward to to um, to conquering that this year. So I feel like we've uh, we, we've got the right mindset, and uh, and maybe now we will have the right uh, opportunity to to capitalize on that this year. Right now I know Pocono that that's a tough track to crack anyway because you've got four different corners. I mean three different corners actually. Uh, that that uh, makes it really tough on the car setup, and and for you as a driver as well, uh, because you're you're racing. I think they actually modeled that track after uh, three different tracks, <laughs> so uh, that makes it kind of a, a tough tough one for a lot of the drivers. Yeah, it's definitely a compromise as far as um, the, the setup and everything else, and it's also a track that. You don't really get in a groove there. You, you've got to you got to have points on the track, which is um, a little different than, than how I normally race. But, but man, definitely looking forward to another opportunity at that place. But uh, but man, I'm I'm ready for Vegas this week too. I feel like our mile and a half program last year was uh, was really good, um, and I, I feel like we're going to go to Vegas with, with a shot to win, and uh, that, that's that's what we're going to try to do. Okay, well, I have no doubts about that at all, uh, and and you're right. I, I really like your mile and a half program, and uh, the the Gander RV Outdoor Truck Series. I'll tell you what, you guys put on the best show in NASCAR, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, it was it was a pretty exciting race all the way through on uh, Friday night, and uh, I'm like you, I can't wait uh, to see what happens at Las Vegas because this is on dirt, isn't it? Is this the Las Vegas Bull Ring you're racing at? No, no I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking of the Art Series. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah so never no, mind. This is a mile and a half, but it'll it'll be very gripped up here um, in, in the springtime. Uh, it'll be you know cooler temperatures than, than normal. Um, 
So it'll be a lot of a lot of wide open racing. Um, I, I think there's going to be enough of a draft in effect to to where the leader probably isn't going to get a big lead. Um, so it'll keep keep his group up together somewhat, uh, at least the top five or so. I feel like. Um, but man, it's a it's a fun track to, to run if your truck is running good. And uh, and I know Jeff Hensley is going to have me uh, another really good uh, Ford F one fifty when we get there. So man, it's uh, it's definitely something something I'm looking forward to and uh, ready to ready to get started on Friday. From a fan's perspective, what should they watch for at Las Vegas this week? You know, I think a lot of wide open racing in the truck race anyway, and um, I don't I don't feel like feel like the draft is going to let that leader get a big lead. I don't think you're going to look up and, and see the leader with a five or six second lead. I, I'm wrong. Um, but I, I feel like a good truck is going to be wide open there for, for potentially 10, 15, 20 laps. And I feel like that's going to allow um, the, the second, third, fourth. Okay. And, and it might hurt him I've... some in the corner, but I feel like you're going to see some close racing. Yeah, okay. I I appreciate that, Grant. And sorry for my regression there for a brief minute. <laughs> I, I I put you back in the arc of Menard series all of a sudden. Um oh, good. but Grant uh <laughs> I appreciate you being here. We always enjoy talking with you. And uh uh before you go, are there any other shout outs you want to make sure you do before we say goodnight? Man, the biggest thing I just wanna thank everybody at Torch for Racing for this um for this opportunity and and uh man the fab shop the body shop this uh this thing was done in house and uh man it it feels good to say that and um and and Mike Curb Curb Records Champion Power Equipment Protect the Harvest everybody that that allows us to do this Absolutely uh again congratulations uh Grant we we're uh, happy that you're able to win at Daytona and uh we hope this isn't the last time, of course, that we get to talk with you. We always look forward to talking to you throughout the season. And uh, good luck to you out at Las Vegas next week. All right. Thank you all. Okay. Take care now. All right. That is Grant Enfinger. He's with Thor Sport Racing. He is the race winner of the season opener for the Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series. Uh, this year, and uh, man, they put on such an exciting show on Friday night. Jay, you know we were all on the edge of our seat. <laughs> Most certainly, and they, uh, what I look forward to with them this year is, again, looking at the season they had last year, the ability to, having picked up that first win, like he said, that can alter their strategy in so many different ways yep. throughout these next races, picking up stage points or giving up stage points and going after the win. You know, so that that is uh, something to look forward to. I think they're going to be a championship contender yet again this year, uh, along with their teammates. I mean, that whole team, that organization that he talked about, Thor Sport uh, Racing, celebrating their 25th anniversary, I think are set up for a big, big year. Yeah, what was so kind of cool about that, too, is that what they did is they painted the hoods uh, and the roofs of all of the Thor Sport uh, trucks we're in silver in recognition of that 25th anniversary at Thorsport. So uh, that was kind of cool to see as well. Uh, really enjoyed seeing that on the track. I hope they do. Are they going to do that all year, all season? 
I don't know if that was a full uh, season-long program or not. It certainly was cool to see it at Daytona. I think we will see it, I'm sure, throughout the year, um, at least several other tracks, like I said. I don't know if that was a full program for the year. Oh, okay, okay. Well, Jay, it is, uh, we're coming up at the top of the hour, and uh, we'll be talking here about the rest of the Gander Outdoor Truck Series uh, results and that race. So uh, let's go ahead and get into that. Uh, Grant Infinger, as you know, was the race winner, uh, and uh, it was uh, a very exciting finish, as we outlined. Uh, he is... Uh, uh, he was coming to that uh, checkered flag, as he mentioned, uh, from the white flag it really started. Uh, but coming to that checkered flag, he was door-to-door with uh, Jordan Anderson, who uh, ended up in second place. Uh, Grant Infinger won the 21st annual Next Next Era Energy 250. It was his third victory in, 19, in 84 uh, truck Series races. It was his first victory and his first top ten finish, of course, this year because there's only one race. Uh, it was his first victory and third top ten finish in six races at Daytona. Jordan Anderson, who finished second, posted his second top ten finish in four races at Daytona, and it was his first top ten finish, of course, this year. Cody, Cody Rohrbaugh, who finished third, posted his first top ten finish in his very first start at Daytona International Speedway. And a good friend of ours, Derek Krauss, uh, from uh, Bill McAnally Racing, now in the uh, uh, truck series this year, he finished fourth. He was the highest finishing rookie of the race. And Natalie Decker, fifth, becomes the highest finishing female in NASCAR, Gander, RV, and Outdoor Truck Series history, her top five finish at Daytona. Uh, now, her previous record, the previous record for that distinction was held by Jennifer Jo Cobb. She finished sixth at Daytona, and that was in 2011. So uh, uh, let's go through the rest of the uh, top five there and then the top ten, Jay. All right. Well, you hit all the ones in the top five there, and there are so many great storylines there just in that top five alone. But moving on to six, yeah. there you have last year's winner, Austin uh, Hill. Johnny Sauter came back to finish seventh. I know he had some problems throughout the night. Ross Chastain making uh, some limited truck starts again this year, uh, finishing eighth. Then you had Sheldon Creed and Jason White. Uh, I was glad to see Jason White back in a truck as well. Another great story. A uh, good way to kick off the year with a top ten finish. Yes, indeed. Uh, there were some some really great uh, uh, results here. Zane Smith, I'm going to mention him. He was the second highest finishing rookie in the number 21 truck, and uh, it was good to see him have such a good finish as well. And then, of course, right behind him is Riley Erbst, uh, who is now racing in the Xfinity Series uh, full-time this season as well. So uh, some really great stories in that whole group, Jay. It was. Started off with uh, just talking to Grant and Finger, what it does for that team. And I kind of wanted to ask him that, but uh, there were some other questions I wanted to get to first. Um, we've seen it happen in the past. You have Denny Hamlin over Matt Benedetto, you know, said, hey, I hated to beat him, but I'm here to win. But to beat somebody like that, for Jordan Anderson, the second place finish coming that close to winning that race, and what a huge, huge deal that is for that team. 
Um, you know, to see a competitor say that, you know, they hate to beat somebody. And then you got, you mentioned rookie Derek Krause, uh, Cody Robaugh with the third place finish. And again, Natalie Decker getting the best finish by a female driver with that fifth place finish. Uh, and you can't ask for more storylines than that. And they're all right there in the top five. <laughs> exactly. That, that top five is just loaded with storylines. And uh, we've got some of those storylines posted over at FanForRacing.com if anybody wants to check that out. Now, stage one was won by the number 51 truck uh, of Riley Earps, then the number 98, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Grant Dinfinger uh, won stage two, and, of course, he won stage three. Uh, There were five caution flags for 26 laps, 15 lead changes among just seven drivers uh, throughout this race. That included Riley Earps. Grant Infinger, Sheldon Creed, Tyler Ankrum, Ben Rhodes, Austin Hill, uh, Stuart Friesen, I think I mentioned him before, and I think that's all of the drivers that were involved in in leading that race on Friday night. Uh, Now we want to get into the uh, points report uh, for the 21st annual Next Era Energy 250. Uh, Grant Infinger, of course, leads the series point standings. In second place is Austin Hill. Uh, then there's Johnny Sauter, uh, Jordan Anderson, and Cody Rohrball uh, round out that top five, followed by Derek Krause, Natalie Decker, Brett Moffat, Sheldon Creed, and Jason White. Now, what makes the difference here are the stage points, Jay. Most certainly, and that's where he talked about how they can go out through or go after those differently throughout the year. Throughout the year, that that makes a big difference depending on where you are in the standings, what wins you have in the bank. Um, And, again, I think the stage racing has changed NASCAR for the better uh, over the past, what has it been, three seasons now, I believe, that since this has been implemented. Uh, I think it has really changed the excitement throughout the race, the way – Crew chiefs are calling races. I know they changed some of the stages for this year. So another very interesting thing to watch throughout the year and how that plays off into the playoff battle and then for the championship. Uh, yes, indeed. Now, uh, Grant Finger, as a result of his win, uh, it has now six playoff points uh, and one stage win, one race win to go along with that. So he leads – uh, with regard to the playoff points. And really the difference between them, Grant Infinger's at 53 points, 11 points behind him is Austin Hill, and just three points behind Austin is Johnny Sauter, four points behind Johnny is Jordan, uh, just one point uh, difference between Jordan and Cody Rohrbaugh, and uh, so it goes, one point between uh, Cody and Derek Krause, one point between Natalie Decker uh, and Derek, and again, one point uh, to Brett Moffat just behind Natalie Decker, one point to Sheldon Creed, uh, and three points to Jason White. So that's a very tight points battle there when you consider just 26 points. Uh, and actually, Ty- Tyler Ankrum uh, is tied with Jason White. So 26 points uh, between the uh, leader and the tw- 11th place driver. And we've seen that before in, in cutoff rounds and whatnot. One point can make a huge difference, and that's one position on the track. Or, again, when it comes to the playoffs, having those 
playoff points in the bank, I mean, that could be what gets you through a round if you have a rough race. So every single point is so very important. Those stage points, which carry over as playoff points. And then, again, picking up the win gives you the five. So, obviously, the winning is still the highest mark that you're going after. But for some teams in different strategies, which we may see uh, the Grant Infinger team now change up how they go about things, they might not be need to go after stage wins. They might set themselves up for more race wins, which it gives them even more of an advantage. Absolutely. And and that one point, one point, one point, uh, and I think maybe two points in one situation uh, goes all the way down through the top 20. So uh, it's, it's going to be, it's a tight points battle uh, right here at the very beginning of the, of the season. And uh, things will separate out a little bit when we go to Las Vegas next week. Uh, but uh, very exciting uh, racing in this uh, Candor Outdoor Truck Series uh, this year, or already this year. It certainly is. And although we, you know, we're going to see some of the regular contenders, uh, not to take any anything away from some of these teams that had good finishes here at Daytona, but that is kind of a separate uh, race in and of itself. Yeah. The super speedway racing is what it is. So they, a lot of them will say that, you know, the, the, the season and the battle for the championship really begins here coming up this year, Las Vegas, the, the West Coast swing. Um, that's where you're going to see the teams that really are, uh, focused on the championship for the year and where they're at as we get into these mile and a half and a couple races under our belt into the season. And like you said, see that kind of separation and already establish who we're going to see as contenders come year end. Exactly. And, and Grant Infinger uh, mentioned it just briefly uh, on the show earlier. Uh, that's a very tight turnaround for them because they, they get home from Daytona, and right away they're getting ready to make that trek across country to get to Las Vegas for the next race. Now, that Las Vegas race, by the way, uh, will be this Friday, February the 21st, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's called the Strat 200, uh, so fans will definitely want to uh, tune in for that race. Uh, And it's going to be, I think, just as exciting as the Daytona race was. But you're right. This is a a mile-and-a-half track. This is more like the tracks that they're going to run for the majority of the season. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see what the trucks do uh, for this race. That race, by the way, is going to be televised on Fox Sports 1. Certainly one you don't want to miss. Uh, Again, Las Vegas, uh, great racing there. I know that uh, I already got to make my truck pick here. Kyle Busch, that's one of the ones he enters as a Las Vegas native. Um, So he'll be out there, hopefully uh, a repeat winner as he is my pick. Okay. Now is he on the – is my name next up or no? (laughs) I believe so in the truck series. Let me take a quick peek at that. I know I didn't post the uh, the results here after one race. Uh, I showed up or put up the uh, overall. Uh, no, you got to go last in the truck series. What are you talking? You had Grand Infinity. Oh, you had the winner. Right. You got to go that's last. Right. I knew nice that. try. Nice try. I knew nice that. try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's going to be tough. There's 35 drivers on that entry list uh, for 
uh, Las Vegas. I know we're going to do a review, a preview show on Thursday night after that uh, after that Arkham and Art Series West season opener, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who everybody picks in this race. Uh, do you remember who last year's uh, race winner was? I believe it was Kyle Busch. Um... Let me see if I can pull That's a home track for him. It it is, and I know that's always I think one of them that he will put on his five again, being a hometown track. So yeah, so it's kind of hard to be uh, even uh, think about anybody other than Kyle Busch winning that race. But uh, that should have been one of the questions I asked Grant is his thoughts about racing with Kyle Busch at, at tracks like that. Yeah, I know. Well, and I know he talked about Eldora too, and that's been a topic of uh, possibly. And you mentioned it. I know you had the wrong series there, but uh, whether or not the truck should go to any other dirt tracks, um, you know. And he came through the Arkham Menard series where they run several on dirt. So next time we have him on, mm-hmm. those will be some of the questions we get to ask him. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, so uh, that we went through that fairly quickly, Jay. Well, the other thing, yeah, looking at that um, with just the results from Daytona, I know Daytona is kind of a separate deal, but taking a look at, we mentioned one of the rookies, uh, Derek Krause, if I get the results pulled back up here, the rookie battle that we're going to see in the truck series this year, uh, Derek Krause being the top finisher there in uh, fourth place, Zane Smith, I know you talked about him, full-time ride there in the number 21 uh, I think is going to be another strong contender. Christian Eckes didn't have the best of days there with the 18 Cowbush Motorsports Safe Light Auto Glass, um, but expect to see him battle throughout the year. And then we got Tanner Gray. I think those four are really highlighted. I know we got Raphael Lassard also in a Cowbush Motorsports uh, truck, which obviously puts him as a, one you got to look at. They've, they've always had, even as rookies, top contending teams. I know his experience with stock cars and the trucks is a little bit less, um, but certainly still going to be one to watch. And then uh, Ty Majeski, unfortunately, the worst of the group, as well as the race ending up on his roof. I think yeah. as he gets settled in, get to some of these mile and a half and short tracks, you're going to see Ty Majeski up there as well. Yes, I would agree with you. Uh, this is going to be an exciting uh, battle. I thought Raphael Assad, uh, really had some uh, moments uh, in this race at Daytona. First time racing on a super speedway like Daytona, and I thought he did fairly well for for his first time out in the number four for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, Christian Eckes, it, it was not his night, uh, but uh, I know we'll see big things from him throughout the season. So I agree with you. I think he's going to be one of the ones to watch. Tanner Gray, uh, he is uh, he is uh, definitely going to be one of the guys to watch. He's coming over uh, from the uh, uh, NHRA, is it, that he's coming over from? Yep, Tanner Gray is the one making the transition from uh, straight line from drag racing. Right, and I think he's... He's doing a really good job with that. We're, we're watching him also in some of the Arkham Menard Series races uh, in the East there. So uh, he's definitely one of the guys to keep an eye on, as you mentioned. Tate Fogelman, he had a couple of moments, but Ty Majeski, this uh, finish, 
does not reflect what we're going to see from Ty Majewski for the remainder of the season because you're right. I think his name's going to be in that mix along with Zane Smith and uh, the highest finishing rookie, Derek Krause. Uh, That was a fantastic finish for Derek Krause considering this is a brand-new Truck Series team. Uh, Bill McAnally Racing is entering uh, for a full-time season in this Truck Series, which I think this is really fantastic to see as well, uh, is this uh, Bill McAnally Racing team coming into the Truck Series with NASCAR. I do like that. We have always talked about him being a staple of the Arkham Menards West Series from the coast and then doing some crossover with the East and the main Arca series, but to see him step up into the truck series and you couldn't have had a better driver to do it with than Derek Krause. And he obviously displayed that, but to see the commitment that a team owner like that has not only now as a developmental, but continuing that and bringing up the truck series. So look for some big things from that team. Uh, couldn't have started out much better, obviously a little bit better uh, at Daytona, but a fourth-place finish obviously is a great start for a rookie and a rookie team. Right. One of the things that I do like about the Gander Outdoor Truck Series is that you've got uh, you've got the new drivers, you've got the intermediate drivers, and you've got the veterans, you know, the drivers like uh, Johnny Sauter and Matt Crafton. Now, Johnny Sauter did come home with a seventh-place finish. Ross Chastain, again, not running full-time in trucks this season, was an eighth. Uh, I, I would consider him a veteran driver. But the other, uh, the the newbies kind of uh, took the cake, I think, for this particular race. Matt Crafton finished in uh, 15th place. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, because, well, intermediates and rookie, because I would consider Grant Sinfinger more of an intermediate driver at this point. He's, he's, on, he's on that edge of, of becoming one of the veterans, uh, um, if you will, but That's still true. within that, like you said, kind of intermediate. But you're right, the truck series, we certainly do see that. Um, you know, we see it a little bit more in the cup now as as some of the younger drivers are in the cup, but the truck series has always provided that full range of new drivers, whether it be new to stock cars or not, uh, as we see Tanner Gray coming over from NHARA. Um, along with then, uh, you know, Johnny Sauter, Matt Crafton, who I believe have both been with this series since it started. So, uh, quite the mixture, and I think that provides for some great racing. I think it provides some great leadership. We've talked about this with Cup guys going down to some of the other series. These guys are there mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, not just a one-off deal. So I think that the, the rookies can can glean from them a lot of information, whether it be talking to them in the garage area or racing against them on the track. Absolutely. Now, here's the other thing. Uh, a couple of other things that I do want to bring up here with this uh, truck series is uh, Jordan Anderson. You couldn't, you would have thought he won the race with how excited he was with that second place finish and how close it was um, for him. Uh, that was exciting to see as well because he's been racing in this truck series for a few years now, and to see him have that happen at Daytona, one of the biggest venues, uh, was huge. He carries that momentum also into Las Vegas. Any thoughts there? Most certainly. And I know I was talking about that of, uh, you know, in watching that race at that point, uh, the driver I had picked to win the race was out already. But to see somebody like that come that close. And, again, he was absolutely thrilled with second. What it does for a team like that. 
I mean, this is what what you call a shoestring budget. Uh, when I compare it to dirt track racing, it's one of these that is still showing up with the open hauler, you know, crew of your dad and a friend, and being able to compete with these guys that come in with forty, fifty thousand dollar haulers and three backup cars. Yep. So to see a team like that get in there and really mix it up, and hopefully they do carry that momentum into Las Vegas and throughout this season, because that has just been an absolutely amazing story. Yes, it has, and and we tried to get uh, Jordan on the show tonight, but for whatever reason, he was not available. Uh, We will continue to try, and hopefully at some point during this season, we will have a chance to chat with Jordan. Now, also, another story that I want to kind of touch base on here uh, is Natalie Decker. This was huge momentum for her as well, uh, being the highest finishing woman ever in the Gander Outdoor Truck Series with that fifth place finish. Uh, how do you how do you look at her, the rest of her season and the momentum that she carries in, into Las well, Vegas? This, this is one of those where I have a tough time biting my tongue, if you will, when it comes to uh, social media. I see a lot of people dogging on her, you know, throughout last year. Uh, you know, if there's a wreck, they said, oh, Natalie must have been racing or whatever. You know, she was a rookie. She is young. You've got to give any driver time. So I, I know she's not running a full-time season this year. Maybe this will lead to some more races. I know she uh, believes she is doing uh, a full-time schedule or majority of her schedule with IMSA, uh, doing some road course racing. I think you're just going to see her to continue to develop and, again, eventually come back and get another full-time ride. I think she does have the talent. Yeah, there were some mistakes she made. I, I get that. But there were also a lot where it wasn't that she made a mistake. It just she was in the wrong place and wrong time and kind of gets that stigma attached to you that you're always involved in the wreck. And we've seen that with a lot of other drivers in the past at all levels. So that are new. I think yeah. That, yeah. I think she needs to be cut some slack there. And obviously this is a great confidence builder. So, again, hopefully something will work out there where she can run even more races than scheduled this year because I think, again, given the opportunity – given a little bit of time to grow, uh, she's going to become one of the top drivers for that series as well as possibly moving up. All right. Uh, Now moving on to the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, the 39th annual NASCAR Racing Experience 300. Race winner was Noah Gregson at the age of just 21. He was driving the number nine Bass Pro Shops BRCC Chevrolet Camaro, uh, for Junior Motorsports uh, with his crew chief, David Elans. Now, uh, that was his first victory in 37 Xfinity Series races, also his first victory in first top ten this season, first victory in first top ten in three races he's had at Daytona International Speedway. Harrison Burton, highest finishing rookie, finished second, posting his uh, first top ten finish at Daytona, and it is also his first top ten finish this season. Timmy Hill in third place, posting his fourth top ten finish in nine races at Daytona. Harrison Burton, again, was the highest finishing rookie. And Junior Motorsports now has won seven times at Daytona uh, in the Xfinity Series. That is the second most all-time at Daytona in the series history. So pretty exciting for uh, Junior Motorsports. Yeah, I know you had Justin Algar, and when Andy had to make a change, he went to Jeb Burton in that number eight. Uh, how we missed overlooking, I don't know. I know I consider Noah Gregson, but 
uh, how we didn't all kind of look at junior motorsports here for the win at Daytona. Um, <laughs> kind of slipped by us, uh, if you will. But, again, top five there. Well, Mike, we got some great yeah. – what's that? Yeah, I know. I had I had Justin Algauer from junior motorsports, but but uh, it didn't turn out uh, quite the way we had hoped. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, uh, he had he's one of those that had had the rough day, but obviously is going to rebound. Uh, looking at the storylines from the top five again, talking about Noah Gregson's second year sophomore there with Junior Motorsports, Harrison Burton in the Joe Gibbs uh, Dex Imaging Toyota top finishing rookie, finishing second. Here you have the storyline of Timmy Hill, which and I hadn't heard the story behind him that I mean that was pretty much a make or break, not just getting into the field. Um, yes. to secure the rest of their season. A third-place finish, they should be good to go. And another great, amazing story of a team that does everything they can just to get to the track week in and week out. So great, great storyline there. And then fourth and fifth, Brandon Jones in the 19, another Joe Gibbs Toyota, and Chase Briscoe. He was a contender uh, last year for the championship. We'll talk about him as the season goes on. Uh, almost have to consider him a favorite for the championship four this year. But I think Brandon Jones is another one of those drivers I think this year really has the opportunity to lead the team and be the showcase driver for a team um, and put himself where his name becomes a a household name. Yes. Uh, The next uh, five on this list is Justin Haley uh, from uh, – College Racing, then you've got Brandon Brown. That was a great run for Brandon Brown uh, in the number 68. Uh, then we have Ray Black Jr., another great run uh, in the 07. Ryan Sieg, he continues to race into that top 10 week in and week out uh, in the number 39. And Alex LeBay in the number 36, rounding out that top 10 group there. So uh, some big storylines really in that group as well. Uh, drivers that you wouldn't normally expect to see in the top 10 are indeed there. And that's one of the things. I know a lot of people talk about Daytona and, and Talladega, the super speedways, how the, your top guys can get taken out or whatever. But you got to look at the positive of what this does for teams like that. Ray Black uh, Jr. in that number 07. You mentioned Ryan Sieg, Alex LeBay getting a limited start. For them to get that top finish, get that team some recognition, their name out there, that's what leads to bigger and better things and helps these teams build to where they can be a weekly contender. You know, certain teams, when they get a top 10, they got to take that as a win, but that also helps elevate them to where then they up their program and they're looking at the top fives and then being top three and contending for wins. So uh, several of those you mentioned, Brandon Brown, Ray Black Jr., and Alex LeBay, uh, obviously great ways to start for the season. Daytona, obviously being the, the racing center, is a normally a big payday. What that can do for them for the rest of the season is, is what I look at. Exactly. Now, I think this group is also going to be a, an exciting uh, rookie of the year battle when you, talk, when you think about Harrison Burton uh, being in that group along with Jesse Little. Uh, racing full-time in the Xfinity Series this year. Uh, You've got Riley Earps coming up to the Xfinity Series full-time, and Joe Graff Jr., all rookies uh, that are going to be racing all season long for that title. And uh, uh, I I think this is going to be a back-and-forth battle with some of these guys. It certainly is. Uh, And we've seen two of them being Joe Gibbs racing teams, Harrison Burton getting that second-place finish. 
Obviously, I had confidence in him. That was my pick. Um, I think we're going to see some big things out of him. We've seen it in the past, especially through the Toyota development program. Rookies moving into a new series like this, moving into the Xfinity series, with the equipment they're in and the talent they've shown, uh, they come out strong out the gate. And Harrison Burton did. You mentioned Riley Herbst. Uh, again, that's one that finish of 32nd is not indicative of how he ran or where he's going to be at for the season. No, not at all. Uh, now, I do want to do a shout-out also for Jeb Burton. He had a really good run. He won the first stage. Uh, the number seven car of Justin Algauer won that second stage. Uh, but Jeb Burton's finish is another one of those finishes that just does not reflect uh, the great race that he had uh, before he ran into some trouble uh, with an accident on the track. Uh, I thought he had a fantastic run going. And I have to throw his name in the mix. I think as the season goes on, uh, we're going to see Jeb Burton racing up there at front. I think having the two Burton uh, cousins uh, in this series is going to be exciting for race fans because uh, I, I think they're going to challenge each other, and uh, it's going to make both of them better drivers. It certainly is one of the storylines to follow along with all year. And to back up what you were saying, and I believe even uh, race winner Noah Gregston made the comment that Jeb uh, maybe had the fastest junior motorsports car throughout the weekend. So uh, definitely, and we saw what that eight team did last year. I know Junior's going to run it, I believe, coming up at Homestead. Um, another mm-hmm. year of this, and I think you're going to see Jeb Burton getting a full-time ride somewhere because, I mean, he has just shown some absolute extreme talent behind the wheel, just hasn't had the right opportunity to uh, to run full-time. So I think in, uh, after this year, exactly. I think we'll see him full-time. Yeah, he's running part-time this season in that number eight car. Uh, I, I think it's him, uh, Dale Jr., for one race. And I forget who the other driver is. Do you recall who that is? I don't remember if Ryan Truex is on that list. Uh, I know he was last year. I oh, don't Ryan remember Truex. if he was returning. Yeah. Okay, and there's yeah, another I one. Yeah, Ryan Truex. I know t- splitting up, and we've talked to drivers about this. Chase Briscoe went through it. Look at where he's at now. Uh, at certain stages, mm-hmm. that's what you got to go through but the inconsistency of not being at the track, but we've also seen, or on the track, we've seen some of these drivers that are still at the track with that team, whether they're the driver for the weekend or not. And that just shows the dedication and, and what these young drivers are willing to commit just to get that spot. Exactly. Now, another storyline here is there are some significant names that did not qualify uh, to race this Xfinity Series race. Uh, including A.J. Allmendinger in the number 16, Ross Chastain in the number 10, and then other drivers were Tommy Joe Martins in the 44 and uh, in the 26, Colin Garrett. Uh, Your thoughts about uh, Ross Chastain and A.J. Allmendinger not making this event? Uh, It blew my mind. Uh, You know, I knew – I saw the interview with Ross Chastain, and I I was of the same thought press. I know they ran part-time last year but it only goes to the owner points based on a rainout. I really thought they were locked in based on owner points, but that's only if it goes to a rainout, not under uh, qualifying conditions. So uh, unfortunate situation. You've got to give the shout-out to uh, to Jeff Green, and I can't think of the team name there, but um, Ross Chassain able to step into the C2 Freight Resource Chevrolet 
that Jeff Green was supposed to start and finish 22nd um, in that number 38, but to allow him at least to get into the race as he is going to compete this year full-time. So that gives him the driver points anyway. And I think we'll see Collard Racing uh, rebound. Um, Their other team car there, I think he was just outside the – nope, sixth place, uh, Justin Haley in the number 11. You're going to see the number 10 rebound and and be a contender this year. We've seen it even in the part-time starts it had last year. So uh, a little bit of a setback there to start at Daytona, but they'll fix it and be back on track at Las Vegas. Okay, I agree. I think this is just a, a momentary lapse. Uh, there were seven caution flags for 28 laps, 12 lead changes among just eight drivers, including Myatt Snyder in this race, Harrison Burton, the rookie, also Jeb Burton led uh, for uh, quite a bit of the race, Justin Allgaier, and uh, let's see, uh, Alex LeBay, Timmy Hill, Noah Gregson, Chase Briscoe, uh, all other drivers that uh, were able to lead at some point during this event. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, the points report here. All right, let me back out of here. Hopefully my Internet's working with me now. Um, again, first first race of the year, obviously, the way, the way it is is going to look a little skewed. Three to four races in, we're going to see where, where teams really rank out, but Noah Gregston is your leader, has the race win, so has five playoff points in his uh, bucket, if you will. Uh, Jeb Burton, as you mentioned, and Justin Algar also picking up the one point each for the playoff points, winning those stages. Uh, But overall right now, Noah leads 49. Three back is Justin Haley. Again, Harrison Burton finished second, but is actually 11 points behind the leader based on those bonus points. So, again, every point, every position, when you're second place, you come out third in points and actually seven, eight points behind. But uh, Brandon Jones, 13 back. Brandon Brown, 14. Ryan Sieg, 14. And Michael Annette, 14. There again, you got three drivers that are tied based on different stage uh, points to equal that out. And then Chase Briscoe is 15 back. Jeb Burton, 17. Ray Black, 20 back. And that's your top 10. Yeah, Alex LeBay, by the way, is tied with uh, Ray Black at 20 points out. So uh, there's a lot, as you go down the list here, uh, that are tied. So, again, this is pretty tight. Uh, uh, Some big stories here with the the group of people that we're seeing in this top ten right now. And uh, we'll see this shuffle as we go into the next event because what's going to happen here is that these guys – uh, are, are some of these guys that are racing part-time are going to jockey. But keep in mind, those guys that are racing tight, tight, part-time, they're racing for the owner's points, so for their cars. So that number eight is an example of that with Jeb Burton. Uh, he's racing part-time in that, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, so we'll watch more for what happens with that number eight uh, as it relates to the owner points. I know they certainly were in, were in contention uh, last year with it, and we saw it in the truck series. Uh, Christian Eckes, which, again, gives a shout-out to him. Going back to the truck series last year, Kyle Busch Motorsports and the trucks had a shot at the owner's championship over the um, driver's championship, put Christian Eckes in there. His finish at Homestead actually secured a match, so they had a split championship owners versus drivers 
So we see that in the trucks in the Xfinity, and these teams do a phenomenal job. I mean, what that takes to have multiple drivers throughout the year but have a team that is consistently able to still put whatever driver it is, the driver and the team combined, even though they don't work together week in and week out, get those top ten, top five finishes and wins to be able to contend for the owner's championship um, is very, very impressive. Yes, it definitely is. Uh, Now, what I want to do next is uh, I want to play some audio here from uh, Noah Gregson after winning. This was actually his first win in the Xfinity Series. And I will say, I I saw different Noah Gregson at the track this week. Usually Noah's a very pensive kind of guy, uh, very quiet, kind of stays to himself a little bit. Um, He seemed to be a little bit happier and uh, uh, kind of more energized, if you will, uh, coming into the season. So that was really good to see. And uh, this interview is actually, it goes for about 20 minutes. Uh, But we're just going to play a couple minutes here so you can hear his comments after winning uh, at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. And, again, this was his first victory. To wrap up our media availabilities for today's NASCAR Racing Experience 300, we are joined by our race winner, Noah Gregson, driver of the number nine Bass Pro Shops, BRCC Chevrolet. We will open it up to questions. Please raise your hand and we'll get a wireless mic to you. We'll start with Jacob. This is a long way removed from a uh, graduate with a Legends car, isn't it, Noah? Um, when you started years ago, you know, cutting your teeth there, could you have pictured this day on this stage never never uh i started racing when i was 13 years old and um raced bandoleros for a year and then legend cars and i've always looked up to guys that i'm racing out on the racetrack um these these bigger name guys and um I'm, i'm still a big fan of theirs so to be able to race against them and uh be able to race here at daytona i never would have dreamed about racing here um, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to be here at Daytona driving a fast Chevrolet and, and for junior motorsports, man, it's, it's a privilege. And then to be able to win, I can't put it into words. What I'm feeling right now, I'm trying to soak it all in and never would have thought this day would have come, but, uh, very, very thankful for everybody who's been there along the way and wouldn't be here without them. To follow up, Dale was in here a couple minutes ago and really talked about, uh, the growth he's seen from you the the second half of last year into this year uh what's that process been like for you just trying to to come into your own and still be yourself but you know really figure out your path and what you need to do to be successful here just uh trying to trying to set my priorities and uh sacrifice hanging out with friends and going to bed early waking up early going to work out finding the priorities this is I've worked really hard this offseason and worked hard with Josh Wise, worked hard with my crew chief, Dave Ellens, just trying to be the best that I can be and spent a lot of time with Dale here earlier this week trying to pick his brain and just trying to learn. I was asking him questions, came prepared with questions with him and sat there for about two hours and just, just tried to pick his brain, tried to observe everything he was trying to say. And um, I think without that talk, I don't, I don't know if I'd be sitting here right now. So, uh, very thankful for everybody at Junior Motorsports who just gave me this opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm just a Las Vegas kid who started racing at 13 years old and have had 
great people along the way to be able to get me to this point and um, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to race here at Daytona and for Junior Motorsports and I'm very grateful for it. Okay, your thoughts real quick on uh, Noah Gregson's comments, Jay. Well, and I know there was some talk about it and I think he kind of said it himself. I mean, he has matured a little bit through the off season. Um, I know he had a lot of other things going on last year that he was dealing with, able to compartmentalize mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think that, you know, coming out and winning, obviously uh, they say winning cures everything, but um, I think you have seen a different driver already going into the race um, than what you saw last year. And again, he had a great season last year. Uh, I believe he finished fifth or sixth in points. I'd have to look that back up. But he was consistently top ten. I think you're ready to see him become a top weekly contender um, and be able to handle the fifth, tenth place, or even worse finishes than what he did last year. Yeah, without a doubt. I think we have a lot to look forward to with uh, Noah Gregson this season in the Xfinity Series. Uh, And I I don't think we're going to see the sophomore slump from him at all. No, I don't think so. And he's another one, I think, just kind of given the time. Uh, Again, we don't know the details of his split with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports and going over to Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. Um, It's one of those, I think, just needed the right environment and the right setting. And I think that Junior Motorsports is a good fix for him. Like he mentioned, going to Dale Jr., asking uh, asking for some advice and trying to learn. So I think we've seen some change in in him as well, uh, which all leads, is going to lead to some great things. I would agree. All right. Now the next up for the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series is the Las Vegas race uh, this weekend, Saturday, February the 22nd at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, this race will be televised on FS1. It is the Boyd Gaming 300 for the Xfinity Series. And we'll review that race on our show uh, this Thursday night. Uh, And now it's time for us to get into the NASCAR Cup Series race. Uh, I know uh, uh, this was uh, very exciting for Denny Hamlin to win this race, uh, but it, it was kind of subdued. Uh, by what happened on the track in that last lap with Ryan Newman. Uh, We're all very pleased uh, that he is up and talking uh, to family and to the doctors, uh, and that is, uh, I couldn't think of better news after such a horrific accident on the track uh, to to hear that he is, uh, uh, you know, able to talk with his family and and to the doctors, I think that's fantastic news, Jay. It most certainly was. I know we got a little bit of positive last night uh, with them saying that it was uh, serious but not life-threatening, but more and more coming out today with it, uh, I believe around 4 o'clock Eastern, that he was talking with doctors and uh, and family. I know uh, Roush Fenway Racing has put out a couple of uh, updates now. Um, continue to be in our thoughts and prayers uh, we don't know yet any kind of details on the injuries or what it what it's uh, what he sustained, but there's very positive things coming out um, at least at this point. So uh, prayers for a fast recovery for Rocketman Ryan Newman. Yes, indeed. Uh, now going down that list, uh, let me just kind of uh, highlight some of the details about that win. 
Uh, it is the 62nd annual Daytona 500. Uh, Denny Hamlin is 39 years of age. He drives the number 11 FedEx Express Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, and his crew chief is Christopher Gabe, Gabe uh, Hart. Uh, Christopher Gabe Hart. I didn't say that very well. Um, it was uh, in his 38th victory in 508 NASCAR Cup Series races for Denny Hamlin. Uh, it was his third Daytona 500 victory. Uh, first, he, he joins four drivers uh, as far as uh, back-to-back uh, victories, and we'll talk about that. Uh, his 10th top 10 finish in 30 races at Daytona Speedway. Uh, and right now he's tied with Bobby Allison, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Gordon for third most Daytona 500 wins. Uh, so that's a very elite list uh, for him to be a part of. And uh, he's also won uh, in another list with those drivers who have won back-to-back Daytona 500s four times. Uh, Richard Petty did it in 73-74, Cale Yarborough in 83 and 84, Sterling Martin, uh, Marlon, I mean, from uh, 94 to 95, and now Denny Hamlin, uh, in 2019 and in 20. So uh, another elite list for Denny Hamlin. Uh, also, Ryan Blaney, who finished second, posted his third top 10 finish in 11 races at Daytona, and it is his first top 10 finish this season. Chris Buescher finished third, posting his fourth top 10 finish in 10 races at Daytona, and John Hunter Nemechek was the highest finishing rookie. He finished 11th in this race. So uh, let's go over the rest of that list, Jay. All right. Well, you hit uh, Chris Buescher there in third. Fourth went to David Reagan, uh, making a final start, if you will, at the Daytona 500. He retired from full-time driving last year, got a one-off start for the 500. We'll see what uh, plays out there with him throughout the rest of the year. Fifth place went to Kevin Harvick. And you had two of the top contending, what I considered top contending uh, Ford teams, uh, for sure, in Kevin Harvick and Ryan Blaney. Obviously, Blaney right there mixing it up at the end. A um, couple of things. I know, unfortunately, we, that we have to talk about this, but this is one where I get frustrated with the masses on social media. Ryan Blaney didn't do anything wrong. Corey LaJoy didn't do anything no. wrong. Denny Hamlin did not do anything wrong. When they went to celebrate, they had just won uh, another one, exactly. Uh, uh, there were a list of uh, several that people were trying to put blame on and, and, and attack, um, and, and there's no reason for that. I mean, absolutely none. When they found out as a team, you know, Joe Gibbs said he apologized that they didn't know that. They just won the Daytona 500 back-to-back. Obviously, they're going to want to celebrate. Once they found out, they calmed it down and actually set that aside, as they should, and anybody would but they didn't know at the beginning. So don't hold that against them. Uh, This is one I feel bad for Denny Hamlin. I know he's not the most popular driver, but again, what he's accomplished there, a history of four drivers to do back-to-back, three out of the last four um, that he's won, putting him on the list there that you mentioned um, with three Daytona 500 wins and and truly didn't get to. I know he was doing some rounds today. Uh, He did a couple interviews, I know, for uh, Race Hub. Um, but we're still actually very reserved because, again, our thoughts are with Ryan Newman and, and what happened there. Um, so to not really even truly be able to celebrate such an accomplishment 
uh, I do feel bad for Denny Hamlin in that aspect. Yes, I do too, because uh, he certainly uh, deserves to be able to win uh, and celebrate uh, this victory at Daytona. (laughs) It's something that a lot of drivers want to do and haven't been able to do yet. Uh, So to deny him that uh, is a little disappointing. And uh, I agree with you with regard to the comments on social media. I think most people were praying for uh, Denny Ham, or not for Denny, but for uh, Ryan Newman in uh, his situation, and they had their focus where it needed to be. I think it was really uh, fewer people that were trying to place blame somewhere. Uh, I think most people understood the gravity of what was happening and were putting their uh, attentions where it needed to be. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of proud of the, how well the NASCAR community all came together and um, uh, really, you know, put their energies and focus where it needed to be. So kudos uh, to the NASCAR community in that regard. Um, With regard to uh, uh, some of the uh, responses, unfortunately there were some responses that were directed uh, inappropriately to uh, these team members. And uh, I think you put it uh, very well, Jay, that uh, they did absolutely nothing wrong and do not deserve to get that kind of feedback from fans. Um, and I, I, honestly, I think it reflects more on the fans who, who are not putting their energies where it needed to be at that particular moment. Um, uh, it, it, it was definitely inappropriate. Um, <clears throat> but moving on, uh, as uh, we look at what happened in this race, uh, there was uh, quite a bit that happened. Uh, you had Brendan Gaughan, uh who um, uh, finished in, well, before that, Clint Boyer finished in sixth. You've got Brendan Gaughan, uh not racing the full season. I think this might be his last Daytona race. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, finishing seventh. Corley Joy finished eighth. Ryan Newman, although he came over the finish line on his uh, roof, uh, did finish ninth. And Kyle Larson rounds out the top ten there. We mentioned earlier that uh, John Hunter Nemechek in 11th was the highest finishing rookie. <clears throat> and there again, you got some great stories. I do believe this was Brandon Gaughan's last start overall, if I'm not mistaken for sure, his final Daytona 500. Um, We saw how excited he was when he timed in and was able to lock himself in, came out, ran a good race, and got a top 10 finish. Corey LaJoy, again, uh, unfortunately in the wrong spot at the wrong time. There was absolutely nothing he could do as Newman's car came in front of him. Uh, He came out with an eighth-place finish, had a great run all day long. And Ryan Newman himself, we talked about this, the resurgence of his career as he came over to Roush Fenway Racing last year, brought them back Mm -hmm. into the playoffs really had some strong hopes for them uh, this year. And, you know, he was that close to actually winning the Daytona 500 and I think set up for a big year. So, again, don't know what his status is. I'm sure that he's going to take his time and be prepared to come back into the car when in, when he does and can. Uh, but I think uh, we've seen a, a new rejuvenated Ryan Newman uh, coming into this year. Yes, indeed. They did race. Uh, the scheduled race was 500 miles, 200 laps. Uh, they actually went 209 laps, 522.5 miles. 
for this event. Also, um, uh, it was uh, Chase Elliott who won the first stage of this race. Denny Hamlin won the second and the third stage of this race. Uh, One of the big stories, of course, uh, coming out of uh, this weekend, too, was uh, Daniel Suarez not making it into the Daytona 500. Uh, That was very disappointing. J.J. Yaley and Chad Fincham were the other drivers that did not qualify. Uh, Always, unfortunately, some some not-so-positive stories coming out of a race like this. Talk about the Ryan Newman wreck to, to finish the race. Um, and you mentioned the, the did not qualify. There were 43 drivers for 40 spots. So, unfortunately, uh, three drivers not able to make it. And I know we talked about this. I think Daniel Suarez, again, has the right mentality. They're going to rebound next week going into Las Vegas uh, with the Gaunt Brothers racing. But then, And then, again, just some of the other finishes. We saw William Byron actually finish dead last. Um, mm-hmm. St- um, starting up front, um, had a good run. Uh, rookie Cole Custer was there until the end. Brad Keselowski, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch. I know Jimmy's got a couple of uh, 500 wins already. Kyle Busch doesn't have any. You said that they chased this their entire career. Um, doesn't have mm-hmm. any. And unfortunately, this one goes on the list. I know he uh, his interview post-race was actually uh, kind of refreshing for a Kyle Busch interview, if you will. You know, he said it's one of those that another one get away from them. They're finding ways to lose it and referenced uh, Dale Earnhardt, you know, taking 19 years to get his win and multiple times kind of giving mm-hmm. it away, if you will. Um, so to see that interview from Kyle, I like that. There again, I think we've seen changes in Kyle before in the past, coming off his second championship, um, the family he has now. Uh, maybe we'll see a little bit different from Kyle Busch this year. Okay. Uh, now, also getting into uh, this, uh, there were nine caution flags for 39 laps. Uh, lead changes, 23 lead changes among 13 drivers, including the pole sitter, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, you had Michael McDowell, Brad Keselowski, Eric Almarola, Ryan Newman, uh, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Corey LaJoy, Ryan Blaney. Kyle Busch, trying to find the new names, Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson, uh, I believe we mentioned Alex Bowman, uh, and I think that's all the names. Of course, Denny Hamlin was the race winner. So uh, <clears throat> quite a few drivers up there in the lead and a lot of lead changes in this event. Well, and there you see it. Some of the names that, that we didn't mention as far as finishers, but were ones that were running up front. Uh, until certain accidents or whatever problems they had. I know Kyle Busch had some uh, tire and motor issues as well as Alex Bowman. So, uh, again, uh, good storylines on those that did get the top ten finishes that we don't see as often. Um, but you also see, we talk about this plate, or it's not plate, rest- restricted plate racing, anyway, super speedway racing. There are some names that always pop up no matter what team they're with. And you saw Michael McDowell again, a 14th place finish. Mm-hmm. Justin Haley, uh, last uh, summer uh, winner at Daytona in the number 16, uh, got a 13th place finish. So there is something to be said for how you drive at a super speedway. Some of it does come into luck and being in the right place at the right time or not being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but when you consistently see certain names up front, 
that tells you there is some uh, some talent to it as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, moving on to the uh, points report here for the 62nd Annual Daytona 500. Uh, Denny Hamlin does have the lead there. He's at 50 points over uh, Ryan Blaney in second place. Uh, <clears throat> seven points difference there. Kevin Harvick is in third place uh, at 39 points. Uh, Chris Buescher just one point behind him in fourth place. And uh, two points behind him is Ryan Newman in fifth place. Uh, sixth place is uh, Kyle Larson, uh, one point behind. Chase Elliott, one point behind. David Reagan, one point behind. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is tied with Eric Almarola. They are one point behind. So uh, just a one-point difference down the line here. Uh, and, again, you can go down the line here quite a ways. Uh, and see just one point difference between the rest of the field. And I know it's real early to be talking about it, but again, 16 drivers make the playoffs, um, disregarding any wins that come from outside of that. But you got to start watching that already. I mean, Daytona is a separate event, but it does pay points. Once we get through Vegas here, that's really going to be the thing to watch is these teams already know if they're towards that cutoff bubble. And like you mentioned, uh, where you stopped at the top ten, it goes one point, one point, two points, one point, one point, one point, one point, <laughs> ties, one point. You know, you're down to 22nd before there's a three-point jump. So, I mean, that tells mm-hmm. you how important this is. And, again, several teams just going from right there. Christopher Bell, we saw him run good. Martin Truex, Kyle Busch, William Byron. You know those guys are going to move up the list here as we get into the mile and a half in regular uh portion of the the season so if somebody goes up somebody's got to go down (laughs) without a doubt and and it's unfortunate but it's kind of the way it is uh and uh uh you know again these guys are going to be racing the next race is coming up they're going toward the west coast swing with uh, the Pennzoil 400 presented by jiffy lube uh this weekend sunday february the 23rd at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That race should start sometime around 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time and will be televised on Fox. So fans will have a lot to look forward to this weekend. It's another triple header uh, for all three of these series and will be a lot of fun to uh, to keep an eye on here. Okay, now then, um, just to uh, give us a chance to go over our fantasy picks here and how we fared this weekend. Uh, Why don't we cover that, Jay, in the last few minutes that we have here? All right. Well, James uh, kicked us off here with uh, four points. He didn't have the winner, but he came darn close, having Ryan Blaney. Sharon followed that with Kevin Harvick, who was there in the uh, top five. Uh, Unfortunately, Andy, myself, and Sam – had ones that were more towards the bottom of the list with Keselowski, Logano, and Matt Benedetto. We all, I really found that odd. After I put it up, we all did have Fords. All the team Penske was covered, and then Kevin Harvick from Stuart Haas Racing. Um, wow. As a whole, well, yeah, I know. I was kind of shocked at that. We obviously all had uh, Ford, uh, believed in Fords this weekend. Um, I did a, do an overall points already for all the series. Um, individually, again, the Xfinity and the trucks each being their first race. I wasn't going to put those out individually. But uh, as a whole, uh, it's really close. Andy's got 15. 
I have 14, Sharon, you're at 13, James is at 11, and Sam is at 10, and that covers all three of the top three series that we do picks for. So going to be an interesting year there with our uh, fantasy picks. Uh, Nobody had a real bad weekend, if you will. Well, well, how did how did it fall out for the Xfinity and trucks? <clears throat> okay, uh, the trucks. Uh, I think I hit that one. Um, you had Grant Infinger picked up the five points for the race win. That put uh, me, or I'm sorry, Sam at third with three points for uh, Johnny Sauter. Moffat got Andy two. Dylan got James one, and I had unfortunately Christian Eckes, um, which is why I got to pick Kyle Busch first going into Las Vegas. In the Xfinity series, there again, I came as close as I could get. And we got four points. Harrison Burton finishing second. James had Chase Briscoe picked up to three. Andy originally had Ross Chastain um, with him uh, being uh, not qualifying, but starting the race, he still had the option to keep him. He opted to change to Jeff Burton. I think they finished uh, right together, but that gave him two points. Sam had Cindric, who got him one. And as we mentioned, Alkire unfortunately had a rough day. Uh, so, Sharon, you had the zero for this week on the Xfinity Series. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, kind of interesting how that all played out over the weekend. Uh, but, again, <clears throat> we appreciate you doing that for us, Jay. And uh, I look forward to doing it again this season. Now, <clears throat> I will tell you, uh, coming up next is our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. We're going to try. Uh, I know Andy only has the 30 minutes available uh, for Hot Topic Sound Off tonight. So if we do go over, Jay, it's going to be just you and me because Andy's going to have to leave. All right. Okay, so just a heads up there. <clears throat> we are at the top of the hour, and Andy should be joining us here a momentarily. Uh, for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off, and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, chatting with him. Uh, I was going to have him kind of pick the first topic, but he's not here yet. So, Jay, why don't you go ahead and take the first topic here? Well, again, this is a tough one to to start off with, but um, obviously as a reality, if you watched any of the news today, Roush Fenway Racing said they are bringing the number six to Las Vegas. Uh, the entry list has a QBA listed as such. Uh, I know they talked about tomorrow morning the hall are going to leave the, the shop and, and head out for this West, West Coast tour that there may be an announcement as early as then if they have to put in a specific driver's seat for a particular driver. But I've already heard David Reagan's name and Matt Crafton's name mentioned um, as possible fill-ins during Ryan Newman's absence. Uh, when you look at other uh, four drivers. There's obviously the possibility of Matt Kenseth coming back, possibly Greg Biffle. And personally, I know he's a Stuart Haas racer, but what's the possibility of Chase Briscoe getting a few cup starts, at least while the two series match up together? Okay, I think that's a good topic. Uh, Andy, I know you came in right when we started that topic. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And first of all, welcome to the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Sharon. Jay, uh, thanks for thanks for you know having me on, of course. And um, 
you know, tough, tough couple of days here, I think, for everybody in the racing community. Just first off, before we get started, just want to say that, you know, personal thoughts as well as I'm sure yours as well are, are with Ryan Newman and his family, his team, his fans. Um, it's been this is this is the toughest couple of days I've ever experienced in racing, quite frankly. Not trying to to be selfish or anything, but I mean, you know, I I became a fan of, of the sport as a diehard fan right after Dale Earnhardt passed away. So I never went through that, you know, and and this is the closest I think that we've come to that, you know, since then. So it's been, you know, it, it's it's uh it's been tough, you know. I mean, I I've said it to to multiple people. I I literally stood in front of the TV. Um, shaking, you know, last night for like 30 minutes after that wreck. I mean, that that was just plain bad. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, the fact that he's he's speaking and, and talking to his family and doctors today is just incredible. Um, I think that's a testament to, to how far along the safety and, and, and improvements have come, you know, in 20 years' time. But, um, you know, I think that it was a, a stark reminder that, that – auto racing can be dangerous you know and um just just thankful that he's with us you know that's that's really what this is all about just just wanted to start off with that you know um but but specifically to the sixth car this weekend um obviously there's a there's a really i think pretty good list of drivers to choose from you know and it's it's going to be interesting to see uh who they they pick to go in that car i think you know to me david reagan makes the most sense you know, he's a Cup Series veteran with a lot of experience, with a lot of ties to Ford and Roush Fenway Racing. Um, you know, I, I to be honest with you, as much as I'd like to see Briscoe in the car, I, I'd hate to see him make his first Cup start under these circumstances. I don't think that's fair to him. Um, I, I just, I, I'd rather see someone with experience like like a like a David Reagan in the car. To be honest with you, I, I don't think that. I don't think it would be fair to put Briscoe, you know, in, under that kind of pressure, um, under these circumstances, to make his first career Cup Series start. So, so hopefully it's a veteran. Hopefully it's somebody with with Ford ties, like a David Reagan. Um, I don't see Biffle or Kenseth coming out of retirement. Truthfully, um, you know, Reagan makes a lot of sense because he is Ford's full time test driver this year, and um, you know, it's been said that you know he he is ready and willing to go at a moment's notice and this is you know the the type of scenario that you'd call upon someone like him to go do so um i, I guess it will remain to be seen what happens um you know i wouldn't i wouldn't rule out someone like an austin Cindric as well but you know truthfully um I, I i think that you know if you put a veteran like david reagan in there um that's probably your best bet for the foreseeable future yeah, I have to agree with you, Jay. Uh, I'm sorry, Andy. I have to agree that David Reagan makes the most sense. And and by the way, we did uh, do our 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 thoughts uh, and uh, well wishes for Ryan Newman in the first part of the show and uh, during that first half hour. So we weren't necessarily overlooking it. Uh, but I know you had not had an opportunity to do that, so thank you for taking the time to uh, give us your thoughts here at the opening of our Hot Topic segments. Uh, we, we appreciate that, Andy. Uh, with regard to uh, the, the who to replace uh, Ryan Newman in that number six, I agree with you that David Reagan makes the most sense. Uh, there are other drivers that they may call on, 
but Reagan has, I think, the associations with uh, Rush Fenway Racing uh, and Ford, and uh, I think he makes the most sense to put in that car, and I agree, too. Uh, as much as we might like to see Austin Sendrick or Chase Briscoe in that seat, uh, I think it's better if they keep their focus on the Xfinity Series at this point um, <clears throat> versus trying to move up into that Cup Series because uh, I think it was Larry McReynolds or uh, maybe it was Jason Alexander, one of them, were talking about, uh, you know, when you move from the Truck Series to the Xfinity series, it's it's a it's it's a pretty big jump, but it's not nearly as big as the jump from the Xfinity series to the Cup series. It's it's a longer line uh, as far as making that jump and a lot more adjustments uh, for drivers who are making that uh, jump into that series. So this is not the time for them to do that. <clears throat> and I think uh, I, I hope they allow those drivers. Uh, to keep their focus on the Xfinity Series. <clears throat> Jay, I'm curious to know your thoughts. I, th- I think any one of them is a very good and, and solid choice. Uh, and, and I understand what you guys are saying of maybe not the right opportunity for a young driver, but we saw that last year with John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, somebody's got to step in. And in that case, it was Matt Tift who had to step out of the car where John Hunter got his first uh, start. I think it would be a good opportunity. Again, it depends on the window in the races, but I think it would be a good opportunity for them to get their feet wet with the Cup Series, uh, especially early here with the Xfinity Series just getting going. However, my first thought, you talk about having a veteran. Um, I do like David Reagan, again, going to stay remain remaining as the uh, Ford test driver throughout the year. Um, my first thought truly was Matt Kenseth. We know that he came in during part of, the 2000, what was it, 18 oh, season, um, to, to fill in and help that team. And I think that, that he is a driver. I know he's been out a little bit more versus David Dragon being a current driver, uh, just retiring this past year. But I think Matt Kenseth has a little bit more experience, especially with Roush Fenway Racing, um, to provide a little bit more direction to go in um, for the future. So that was my first thought was Matt Kenseth, but I also hadn't thought, I know Matt Crafton has obviously done some fill-in races uh, for several teams, always um, steps up and, and does some great, performs well, another very veteran driver. So there again, that's another great mm-hmm. one to have um, to call on if need be. Uh, so I think there are some great options out there. It'll be interesting to see what direction they do go. And, again, obviously it all depends on what they look at as far as the time window for Ryan Newman, which we don't know yet. Right. Uh, Andy, your thoughts and follow-up? Well, you know, Jay, we could always stick with the Biff, and I would never be opposed to that, uh, to see Greg come out of retirement, um, you know. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, on a serious note, there's a lot of really good candidates here that, um, you know, could could step in and, and uh, keep the seat warm for Ryan, you know, and that's really what this is about at this point. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's kind of hard to speculate, but nonetheless, I think Roush Fenway will, will, they can make an informed decision this week and, and go with who they think is best. And we may, may not know this until, you know, it's, it's race weekend time, but um, yeah, man, just a tough scenario to be in. So um, just, you know, thoughts are with that team. You know, they'll they'll make the right call. Whatever it is, they'll make the right call. 
Yeah, and, and a lot of it's going to have to do with availability because even though you might have one driver in this week, uh, you don't want to get into a situation where if it is multiple weeks, you've got a different driver uh, every other week. You want to get somebody who has the availability uh, to be able to be in that car uh, on a on a uh, maybe a several week basis here. Uh, and as you mentioned, Jay, we really don't know how long that is at this point. Um, and and those are good suggestions, I think, uh, with Matt Kenseth and maybe Greg Biffle coming back in to those seats uh, and and uh, taking that ride uh, for whatever length of time it makes as well. So whatever they decide, I think uh, uh, it will be a good decision that uh, is something that is going to benefit them in the long run and uh, keep that seat warm for Ryan Newman for when he returns, and hopefully he will be able to return. So uh, any of your follow-up there, Jay? No, uh, like you said, I'm sure that, unfortunately, again, in a short time, um, I'm sure they'll make the best decision they can and, and what fits for their program and what they need to do. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, maybe by Thursday when we do the preview show, we'll have that name attached to it. Yes, indeed. Okay. Now, Andy, I let uh, Jay kind of pick the first topic here because you weren't quite here yet. Uh, so it's uh, it's in your lap now <laughs> for the next topic. Well, I think we need to address the finish of the race. I know that um, there's there's a lot of buzz and, you know, talk surrounding that. So just kind of curious what you both thought about you know, the last lap and, and, and the racing that um, kind of led up to, you know, the incident that we've, we've already referenced. Um, obviously, that in itself was, was a pretty big topic today. Jay, I know you and I kind of addressed this in the first half hour again, uh, kind of pointing out that nobody was at fault uh, with regard to uh, what happened at the end of that race uh, and uh, we also discussed it during the uh, review uh, for the Cup Series. <clears throat> a lot of fans obviously uh, did have some things to say about who was at fault, but uh, from where we sit, there's really nobody to be at fault here. Uh, and there were also a lot of fans who who really had their heart and and their focus in the right place, which was praying for Ryan Newman. Um, I do think, I, I do worry about Ryan Blaney. And I do worry about Corey LaJoy because uh, I, we saw, we talked, Andy, you and I talked about that picture of Corey LaJoy uh, kind of praying outside of his car uh, <clears throat> at Daytona and uh, how that impacted him uh, being a part of what happened there. Uh, and I think the same thing is going to be true of Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney had a hard time uh, doing his interview at the end of that race at well, as well. He spent quite a bit of time kind of processing everything that happened uh, before he did interviews and still had a hard time kind of uh, getting through that interview. So I think a lot of our prayers have to go to them as well. There's nobody at fault here. And this is racing at Daytona, and uh, <clears throat> I've got to think that Ryan Newman would think exactly the same thing. Uh, it, it's uh, everybody going for that victory at the end, 
and it's huge to get a victory at the Daytona 500, and uh, it would be a mistake uh, for anybody to try to place blame in this case. Uh, Jay, is there anything that you wanted to add to that? Well, and we've seen that, and I'm not going to say it would make it any easier, and you can only imagine being in that kind of position that either one of them drivers uh, are in. Um, but I know with watching Race Hub today, Brad Keselowski was on there, said that he not only talked to Ryan a little bit last night, but reached out to his teammate earlier today. Um, you know, and that's where those within the industry that are our racers have been in situations, maybe not as extreme, but any type of situation that are going to be able to pick those two up and say, hey, you did nothing wrong. You know, that is one of those, it just happens. Um, so I'm sure that, you know, uh, Corey the Joy having, uh, being a partial teammate to Stuart Haas Racing, you know, we, know, we all know what Tony Stewart has been through. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that those within the industry, and if you follow on Twitter, again, and it ranges from media broadcasters that have covered this sport from a lot, for a long time, this other spotters that are involved uh, when it comes to talking about the spotter that was involved in it, you know, that, that the unity that you see, um, they're going to help pick those guys up. And like I said, I'm sure it's not an easy thing for them to have to go through, but I think that's where their support is truly going to come from. Others that are within the industry and truly know that, that there was nothing wrong done there. You know, Ryan, and Ryan Blaney said it himself, you know, Newman came down the block, the block wasn't the issue. Blaney then tried to get up and push him, and it's just the way the bumpers lined up, you know, that that it happened. Um, So, again, I don't think Ryan did anything wrong. We all know we've talked about it. You know, he's one of the toughest ones to to pass on the track. But there again, I don't think that even blocking was the issue. It's just once they hooked up and and Blaney tried to push him uh, to ensure a forward one, you know, which is what he was doing, there wasn't anything wrong done there. It just the way it lined up, it happened. So uh, hopefully they can both uh, work through this and with the support of the NASCAR community. And we saw how much uh, manufacturers aside, everybody united together. Yeah, Jason Jarrett was the spotter there for Ryan Newman. And they had uh, his dad, uh, Dale Jarrett, on NASCAR America today uh, speaking as well. And uh, it is sad that they they feel so much responsibility, but I am really happy that the community has come together to let all of these guys know uh, that they did nothing wrong. Uh, Andy, I really want to know what your thoughts are as well. Well, I I can't really say it any better than the both of you. Um, Yeah, nobody did anything wrong. I think that's the big thing to remember. You know, Ryan Newman was doing everything he could do to, to win a Daytona 500. I mean, you, you got to block, you have to, you have to make those moves, you know? I mean, he was a few hundred feet from, from winning a second Daytona 500, you know? And, and if you're, if you're Ryan Blaney, you know, you, you got to push, you got to, I mean, that's the thing, you know, you know, Corey LaJoy had nowhere to go. Ryan Blaney had to do all he could do to try to push, you know, Newman, you know, and, and try to make a move to win the race. It's the Daytona 500. It's the biggest race of the season. You know, it's, it's NASCAR's biggest race. You have to try to win that race. And none of those moves, nothing that was done, you know, at any point there at the end was in malicious nature. It was all, you know, just it was all in an effort to win the race. Um, you know, nothing, nothing was done intentionally. Um, 
you know, if if you're Ryan Blaney, I mean, he he was trying to he was trying to you know he was trying to push, and you know, it's it's just the way the bumpers lined up. It's it's nothing he did wrong. You know, if you're Corey LaJoy, you know, it's because you had nowhere to go. I mean, there's no time to lift. Everything happened so quickly. You know, there, there's literally no time to 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 react or, or do anything differently. And you know, I hope that I hope that they'll be at peace with themselves in in the coming weeks and, and months and, and years because, you know, truthfully, there's um, there's I I just don't I don't see how there's anything they could have done differently. You know, I mean that's the thing. And, and I want to touch on something else too um, with regards to to Denny Hamlin in terms of how he handled the end of the race. I mean, he won the race and, um, you know, people criticized him for, for celebrating, but the fact of the matter is he and that team didn't know the severity of, of what was going on. You know, had they known, um, they, they probably wouldn't have, um, you know, celebrated. And quite frankly, I saw a lot of subdued emotion from that team. So, um, I thought that they, once they, once they did understand the severity of it, I thought that Denny and, and that team, handled themselves with, with class and respect. So, I mean, honestly, you know, typical from from the Twitter NASCAR fans, you know, a lot of criticism and a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think anybody that was in that situation at that time that actually experienced it did anything wrong. So, you know, that's, that's what we have to focus on. And um, the one thing I can say is, the NASCAR community and the racing community as a whole is a lot stronger than any other sport in this world. Um, you know, and, and I think that we have to, we have to hang our hats on um, the support from, from everybody through this. I mean, it's just been awesome. And, you know, there, there's been some good news today, so we have to just focus on that. Absolutely. Uh, and I want to, I want to also point out uh, that I was very proud of how the majority of the media uh, handled this situation as well uh, with regard to what was going on, because when things started going in a different direction, uh, the media was quick to go out and tell fans, please, uh, let's not speculate, let's wait uh, for the news to come to us as to what's going on instead of speculating and fans responded to that, and, and most fans, I think, did respond to that. And I, I, I got to give a big kudos to the NASCAR media that were at the track as well with the way that they handled this situation. Yeah, uh, Jay, and I know. I, yeah, I know they had several that that made the same comments. You know, the waiting is hard, but you would rather uh, get correct information and put it out there versus something that's incorrect and cause it to spiral in a different direction. Um, you know, and, and they're all concerned and waiting just like the rest of the world. So uh, you're right. They did do a fantastic job. And I saw several that were stepping up and, and trying to put an end to some of the unnecessary and not aligned stuff um, mm-hmm. as, as it started happening. Cause you know, eventually it did, unfortunately, and I know Andy said this, you know, he didn't go through the Dale Earnhardt thing. There were a lot of things that were similar to that situation. So obviously your mind does tend to go there, but don't put that out there in that broadcasted social media type. Okay. Uh, you know, because that just causes more and more panic or negative negativity, negative thoughts, you know, 
I know I had to do my best to control that because I did go through the Dale Earnhardt situation, and there are so many things that I saw that were similar. Um, I know I saw a lot of comments from friends or whatever that were saying it, and I just stayed off of those posts because, like I said, I mean, that's, that's not going to accomplish anything at that point. And I was trying to keep my own emotions in check when it came to that. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the media did do a very professional and good job with that. Andy? Yeah, I think so, too. Um, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, nobody – I, I don't feel like anybody said anything out of character. Nobody said anything out of line. I think that, you know, once the appropriate news was, was ready to report, they recorded it, but, um, you know, everyone did everything right. I think that, um, I guess what, what I found to be, you know, we can talk about it now, you know, but I think what I found to be shockingly similar to, to 2001 was, the way that, you know, Fox had handled it, you know, some of the things that Mike Joy said, you know, and I've seen, you know, the replays and, and everything from 01, and there was just so many similarities that it, it just gets you thinking, you know, but um, thankfully, um, you know, we're in a we're in a day and age with these race cars where we're, we're not in that scenario, thankfully. So, um, you know, still a tough scenario, but, um, you know, thankfully, um you know, we have some good news today and that's what we got to focus on. We got to focus on the good news. We have to focus on, you know, the fact that Ryan Newman is still with us and, and that, that's really all that matters, you know? So, um, a tough day for a lot of people, but none, you know, nothing tougher than, than what he and his family are going through. And, and really that's, that, you know, that's where our thoughts have to be with. So, um, you know, and that's what we'll continue to do. Um, obviously a tough week and, you know, We'll uh, we'll do our best to get through it. Yes, indeed. Now, my final thought there is that NASCAR, I feel, uh, they have to be applauded as well for the safety innovations that they put into place since 2001. Uh, and and I would have to say that uh, uh, we've seen a lot of wrecks uh, since that time where drivers have been able to walk away from their car. One of them was brought up about Austin Dillon when he went into the catch fence and was able to get out and wave to everybody. Uh, kudos to NASCAR for putting those innovations into place uh, for the safety of the drivers. It's been a long while since we've seen anything as bad as this one, and uh, uh, thank goodness uh, Ryan Newman uh, is safe and, and uh, up and talking to his doctors and his family and and uh, his prognosis looks good as far as uh, recovery. So uh, we wish him the best in his recovery uh, with his family and, and with the doctors, and, and we look forward to a time when hopefully he'll be able to return to NASCAR. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let me just kind of move uh, in a different direction here. Uh, and this is probably going to be our last hot topic. And, Andy, I, I guess I'll let you go first because I know you have to get off at uh, 9, uh, 1030 tonight. Um, Brian France uh, had a conversation with the Sports Business Journal. Uh, he is the former NASCAR uh, CEO of NASCAR, chairman and CEO, and uh, he left NASCAR uh 
in 2018 during the summer uh, after a DWI arrest in Sag Harbor, uh, New York. Uh, this is the first time that he has had an interview uh, with his comments uh, coming out. Uh, and uh, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts about that because he more or less uh, uh, is saying he's going to go in a different direction and maybe start his own investment, uh, private investment firm. Uh, but he, there's another article here at NBC Sports where uh, they say Brian France defends his leadership style in an interview with them, or and they reference the interview with the Sports Business Journal. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts about that. Uh, but before I do that, Andy, real quick, I'm going to say we are going to go off the air right at 10:30 Eastern time. Uh, for those of you that have listened up to this point. Uh, we we will continue to talk after that goes off the after we go off the air at 10:30. Uh, we will continue to record the conversation, and that is available on our podcast. All you have to do is fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of the conversation when the podcast does become available. And what I do is I go out on Twitter uh, to let fans know that the podcast is out there. Um, And uh, there's a lot of different ways you can listen to Fan for Racing right now, but we do put a uh, player at our fanforracing.com website. Uh, we're at Blog Talk Radio, we're on iTunes, we're on TuneIn, we're on a lot of different uh, avenues here. But um, uh, the podcast listeners, this will be pretty seamless and you'll be able to listen straight through. So, Andy, your thoughts about Brian France? Well, I just have to say um, that I think NASCAR, in its current leadership, is going to allow the sport to flourish and, and head in a positive direction. Um, I don't want to get into, you know, any kind of negativity or anything like that, but I, I, I just think that um, the the present leadership w- with, with who is in place currently is, is where the sport needs to head. So, um, you know, I'm glad that Brian is getting back on his own two feet, and I'm glad that, you know, he has some ability to, to flourish and, and maybe – go in a new direction and that's a good thing certainly um but i think that jim france um taking over for him has been a blessing for the sport and i think that it will allow nascar to flourish as it's currently doing so um the changes that we've seen have been all positive in that regard and i I hope that we continue to move in that direction okay jay well, I got to say that there are certain things within that within that article that you talked about, Sharon, that I understand. And maybe it's having gone through the military and different, seen different leaderships, my leadership style. Um, I think Brian France did some great things. He was responsible for negotiating the TV deal. I believe he was big instrumental in the Sprint deal. He's the one that came uh, was it was under his leadership that the playoffs, uh, the chase, and then the adjustments to it of the playoffs. So I do think he did some great things. The one thing I will say is that I do believe he was more of a business orientated individual and took NASCAR in that direction. What I think they should have maybe done was split that job then and had somebody be the face of NASCAR, if you will, that was in the garage area every week since Brian wasn't. But I would never say anything bad as far as the things he did accomplish while in that leadership role. 
um, you know, from the driver's perspective or the fans' perspective. And I think it more came so from the within the garage area than the fans um, than anything else. But if that face in the garage was needed to have split that role and, and put that on somebody else, such as what Jim France is now. Um, so I, I think that that's something that people need to look at. Although you didn't get something you were looking for, A, whether or not that was expressed and uh, that it ne- was needed, you know, um, but still understand of what he did do and, and what his leadership style was and what it brought to the sport. So that's where I think that people really need to, if you're going to make a judgment or talk publicly about it, get the full story, um, which I think maybe now more some do that he has spoken out, you know, and I understand that again, having, well, I want to put what I call in the face in the garage and then somebody else doing that business side of it. I think Brian France is still a good one that, to have in that business aspect of it because I think he did do a good job there. Okay. Andy, I know you said you had to leave right at uh, the 1030 mark here, and we are there already. So before I go, if you want to say your goodbyes and maybe uh, – I know are you working on another Hot Topic uh, article for this week? Yeah, well, probably the end of the week I'll try to get something out with with regards to to this week's hot topics and um, you know apologize that my role is rather limited tonight, but I will be back for a full hot topics on Thursday. Um, so I uh, just wanted to come on and certainly share my thoughts with you know the the major events from this weekend and appreciate it. You know, good to good to be here and obviously we got a, a really great team here at Fan for Racing. So. Um, you know, good night, everybody. Uh, Twitter is uh, alasky14, and um, hope everyone uh, has a good week. We'll be back Thursday, and we'll be back afterwards then. So, we'll uh, we'll speak to you guys then. Have a good night. Okay, thanks, Andy. <clears throat> All right, uh, just to kind of give you some of my thoughts here, uh, I kind of agree with both of you. I think that uh, uh, Brian France did do have some very major contributions uh, to the success of NASCAR. Uh, they were not popular at the time, but I think if you look at some of the things that he did in retrospect, uh, some of those things turned out to be really good decisions, uh, including, uh, you know, the chase format or the playoff format, uh, including some of the other things that you talked about, uh, but also uh, – uh, the stage racing, I, I believe, did he had a part in that as well. And I think those were all really good things uh, that kind of uh, improved the racing product uh, for Nat, for race fans. Now, as far as uh, Jim France, I think bringing Jim France uh, into NASCAR and, and to replace him was a very good move. I think Jim France has more of a, a base presence. He's at the track every week. I think the drivers feel good about that. Uh, I think the fans feel good about that. That he feels like he's more in touch with what's going on. I think what people didn't like uh, before was they felt like maybe Brian France wasn't quite in touch because he wasn't at the track uh, to really have a pulse on things. Uh, but I like the comment about maybe – you know they could have split that up with the business guy and the and the guy the face of uh, NASCAR, if you will. But um, uh, I do think Jim France is is a great person to be in that position, and I think he's doing a wonderful job. 
Any any follow-ups to that, Jay? Like I said, I think it does provide the drivers in the garage area that face, like you said. Um, so I do think that is a good thing. And uh, unfortunately, no matter how it played out, that Brian France wasn't that or they didn't see that from him or he didn't understand that was what they needed. Um, but like I said, I, I can't hold it against him on the things that, that he did. And I didn't, didn't name the stage racing because I couldn't remember if that was still under his leadership or if he was how big a part he was in that. But um, it was in that time frame. So, again, that might, it might fall under him. So don't take away from the, the good things he did do um, as far as the, right. the business side of the sport. Like I said, I think he was a great, great one to have in that business side of it. Um, unfortunately, maybe the realization that they needed more of a at-the-track face type uh, didn't come to light until it was too late. Um, so, but I do think I, I have no problem with with what Jim France is doing, um, and I think there he became the face. And I don't know exactly his role as far as the business side of it. So again, maybe that they have a team that's working on that, and him being out there in the face is what's keeping the drivers in the garage happy. So. Uh, all working out good uh, for everybody. I agree, um, and and uh, uh, I, I don't know if you have another topic, Jay. But if you do, we can go ahead and put that out on the table. Well, I, d- I did have one, but uh, it's not an immediate one. So if we want to hold it till Thursday, I know it with Andy he said he'd be on for the full show. Um, okay. If you wanted to wait and do it that way. Well, give us a preview of what the topic is. <laughs> uh, it has to do with the, the truck series and how many drivers are going for the championship. Ah, okay. Um, okay, now somebody says that they just saw, is that you, Jay? Just saw something yeah, about maybe Carl Edwards coming back? That was that was me. I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and it's one of those of I don't know that there's any kind of credibility to the source, but that name was thrown out there when we talked about that. That name didn't. We talked about Ken Sith and Biffle. Uh, Carl Edwards is still out there. Again, I don't know if he has any interest oh, in it or. True. But it's one of those of you never say never in NASCAR. So thought it was interesting that all of a sudden I saw his name pop up. Yeah, that's an interesting name. And I'll tell you what, Rush does not have a shortage of people that they can go to uh, to kind of help out in this situation. And I would bet that everyone, whoever they go to is going to be more than happy given that uh, their schedule allows for them to be able to, to do uh, what's needed in this particular case. Um, and just know that as we do get more information about Ryan Newman, we will post it at fanforracing.com. We did try our chat feature tonight. We'll put that out there as a hot topic, if you will, uh, for us. Just as a reminder to everybody, we do have a chat feature now at fanforracing.com. I, I put it out there as uh, along with the player so that you can listen to the radio show at the same time and interact with us on the radio show uh, while we are broadcasting uh, with any questions or comments that you have about what we're talking about here on the show, uh, as well as uh, questions for any of our guests or questions or hot topics that you want to make sure that we talk about on our Fan for Racing Hot Topic segment. So uh, hopefully this will kind of catch hold, Jay. So far it hasn't. (laughs) 
Well, I know uh, tonight, you know, during the show, and I don't know if it's during the week, uh, obviously during race weekend, uh, I think we had, what, six, seven uh, on there? Oh, yeah. Um, kind of got that spread around a little bit. Uh, we'll try and get some more build to it. Um, you know, again, I know you said you did it several years ago. It's a relatively new thing, again, back for fan for racing. So as we get the word out and get that spread around, hopefully we can get some more engagement because it really was a lot of fun. Um, it's one of those we don't always – you know, even with just the three of us, four of us hosting, we don't always necessarily have to agree and have the same opinion. That's kind of what makes it entertaining, uh, if you will. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we can build that up some more and uh, get some more followers with that as as the season goes and we we get more access to it. Yeah, and, and we'll continue to do that. We may not be able to do it every race weekend. I know on the 23rd. Uh, I'm not going to be available, but hopefully one of you guys will be available to help moderate uh, the race day chat. But, um, you know, on the, on the times that we are available, we will put a race day chat out there uh, for race fans uh, to chat throughout the race. And I don't know if we even need a moderator. If I put the chat room up there, anybody could go on there and have a conversation uh, about the race as it goes. Uh, but it is always kind of nice to have a moderator, somebody who can throw some questions out and uh, just kind of see what uh, everybody has to say uh, with regard to the whatever the question is. So uh, I, I am looking forward to the upcoming weekend of racing. Uh, I think it's going to be fun out at Las Vegas. It certainly is, and again, kind of uh, Daytona itself, a separate event, if you will, uh, this is where their season really gets started. We see, start to see more and more of the evolution of what the championship's going to look like or uh, the cutoff line. That's always interesting to watch. The rookie race, as we, we've seen in each series, is going to be phenomenal um, in each of the three series. So uh, a lot of things to look forward to as, as we really get into the season now. Yes, indeed. So um, let's uh, talk about what you're working on, Jay. <laughs> All right. Well, as it comes to uh, fan for racing here, I know I haven't uh, been able to get you a schedule yet. I've taken a look at, still got a lot of things in my plate, but uh, what, what events I'm going to be able to go to and cover, whether it be the Arkham Menards uh, East, the regular Arkham Menards, um, as well as the Cup Xfinity and Truck Series, kind of getting that worked into a calendar and a schedule so I can get that to you. Also, um, I will try my best to get it done this week, but I've uh, picked an article to work on here anyway. It's kind of been a hot topic in, in our group and a little bit throughout the shows of this year's big three in the Xfinity. The big three from last year moved on. Who steps up and whose name comes in? I know several of the mm-hmm. uh, top analysts on, on different shows have talked about that. I have a little bit different opinion, so I'm going to share that through an article and get that out here on fan for racing Okay, and just to kind of uh, give everybody a heads up, uh, I do have interest uh, from someone here who is interested in writing for FanForRacing.com, and they're interested in putting together a power rankings on a weekly basis here at FanForRacing, as as, as well as a winners and losers uh, list from each of the races. So uh, we might be adding uh, a couple of other new features here at Fan for Racing if this works out, and uh, we'll keep you posted as uh, the conversation continues in in that regard. Uh, but uh, wanted to give everybody a heads up that there's a possibility that we'll be seeing that. <laughs> 
I like that. I, I've seen that on, on several different uh, programs and, and sites, so uh, I, do, I do like that concept. Uh, I know it's always one of those of some, sometimes, again, I disagree with how certain ones get ranked or talked about, but uh, definitely an interesting <laughs> aspect and something to uh, to give us to look at. So that that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that and maybe possibly bringing a new uh, team member to our Fan for Racing crew. So uh, we'll keep you posted as that progresses. Uh, definitely uh, Jay and I will be back here on Thursday night at uh, 7.30 or 8.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Central, uh, for our NASCAR preview show. I'm going to see if I can't get somebody to come on to help us preview at Las Vegas uh, on Thursday night. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, if we can get anybody that's available. Sometimes uh, those are travel dates for people, and it makes it a little hard to find somebody, but we'll see if we can what we can do. Um, don't, keep in mind, again, we also have the Las Vegas uh, Bull Ring Race with the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, West, that is going to be their season opener. That's a race on dirt, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, we'll continue to... Uh, uh, so far, since our our premiere week for Van for Racing for the 2020 season has been uh, chock full, and we have definitely seen an uptick in the traffic uh, at the website. So I hope that continues throughout the season, and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, uh, the second race of our uh, 2020 season. Most certainly. Again, we just get all ramped up for Daytona itself, but. Uh... The season itself uh, continues on here, so definitely look forward to that. And uh, I know you talked about possibly a new uh, team member there. If uh, whenever you reach out to them or get things worked out, make sure you ask them if they have any interest in the uh, fantasy picks. I can easily add in. <laughs> yes, I can certainly uh, easily add in another player to that, and would love to have another player in that as well. Okay, will do, for without a doubt. Uh, a big shout-out to our guest tonight, Grant Dinfinger. We talked to him during the first half hour tonight, and uh, he, as always, he gives us a great interview. So if you haven't listened to that, I encourage everybody to go back and listen to the interview that we did tonight with Grant Dinfinger. And, uh, of course, our preview, our reviews of the uh, trucks, the Xfinity, and the uh, Cup Series uh, for the remainder of the first 90 minutes of our show tonight and our hot topics uh, in the last half hour here uh, that goes a little bit of overtime. So a big shout-out to our listeners. We appreciate each and every one of you, whether you're listening to the live broadcast or if you're tuning in for the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to what we have to say. And we hope you'll return on Thursday night show. So with that, uh, I think... Are we ready for a wrap, Jay, or was there more that you needed to say? No, that's about it. I know uh, I guess uh, this week it wouldn't be as clickable, but we got a lot of rain down here. Uh, normally you can follow me at Dirt Tracks, uh, Michael Hoosman on Facebook, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I have to, still have to kind of wait and see how my Dirt Track race season is going to go, but obviously anything else I do with Fan for Racing as well will be on there, so. Okay, well, we appreciate what you do, and Andy and Sal. Sal, I did see some pictures of Sal in Paris, so he's enjoying his honeymoon right now, which is fantastic. And uh, he had his wedding over the weekend. 
Uh, he will not be with us again next week. So uh, I, I believe, Jay, you're filling in again next uh, Monday uh, for for Sal. And uh, we're, we're definitely looking forward to that as well. Uh, most certainly. Uh, always happy to fill in when I can. I know, uh, obviously, Sal, uh, like you said, uh, I think I saw one picture already of the Eiffel Tower and uh, a couple others. Uh, that is awesome to see. Uh, happy for him and uh, Sandra as they got married, like you said, this past weekend. So uh, miss him uh, on the show. But obviously, uh, as we learned last night, too, there's some things that are more important than racing. That's right. That's right. So have a good time, Sal, and we'll look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. And, uh, Jay, I'll see you on Thursday night. We'll call that a wrap. Uh, indeed. Uh, indeed you will. Have a good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.